You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 134 with Alex Glenn from Partner Hub and Partner Programs. Now, these guys work with agencies to get them to partner up with tech. And I think this is a really cool topic because uh, it's such an easy uh, revenue channel, or at least that's what I think. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. Uh, yeah, so you're right. We work with agencies and tech providers. We help find synergies in what's called the channel. So the channel is where uh, technology companies need third-party providers that are in the trenches working with customers, service providers, consultants like James and what I used to be as well uh, to help their potential customers find their tool, implement their tool and find more success. So it's a win-win relationship because we all use these technology providers anyways. Uh, And we'll get into some of the ways that this partnership can become very lucrative for the agency. And I don't mean commissions, I mean in a number of other ways. Um, So we'll talk about that on this episode. I mean, commissions are still good, but yeah, 100%. I'm I'm down for this chat. Um, It's like an area that I spent a lot of time on when we had our agency as well. Um, And I have some opinions on it. One thing, actually... Can, do you know where the term channel came from? Because I personally hate it. Like I, a friend of mine is in this space as well. And when, when I first met him, he's like, I do channel. I'm like, what does what channel? What are you talking about? <laughs> do you know where that comes from? It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I first got into partner programs and I started to de- develop what is this ecosystem that we have now, um, I said the same thing. Uh, people were talking about channel, um, ISVs and VARs, uh, these acronyms. But the word channel to me as an agency, it means your traffic channel. You've got your PPC, you've got your paid media, you've got your SEO channel, you've got these channels that bring you business, um, which in that world, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. But the way it was developed, I actually have an article that I'll share with you. Sure. Um, it comes from the old channel of when Microsoft and Apple and these Hewlett Packards of the world, they had to have distributors plus uh, builder, people to build the actual uh, computer plus people to service it. That was called the channel. So you couldn't launch a hardware back when these computers were being distributed and sold without having those micro centers of the world out there in those locations where you were trying to make a sales hub out of, right? right? So if you're trying to sell to Texas, you got to get Houston and Austin and Dallas. You have to have service providers in those areas. That was your channel. (laughs) So Microsoft has a trillion dollar plus channel today. They have all of these service providers, uh, virtual and on the ground, selling Microsoft equipment. And same thing with Apple and the others. Now, when SaaS came about, the word channel stayed when we're talking about developing relationships with integrated software vendors, ISVs. 
MSPs is the other acronym you may hear, which is managed service providers. Uh, and then there's VARs, V-A-R-S, value added resellers. And then it became, okay, it's still channel because it is essentially similar as a routine, uh, but it, it definitely needs to change at some point. I do think that <laughs> it is just such a misleading thing because the people that you're trying to develop the channel relationship with think and connotate that word with something that is just totally different. Yeah. So it's confusing. Hundred percent, yeah. Because it does seem, yeah. I always thought it came from the IT space, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, like especially like MSPs. Like to me, that that's like a, a term I only hear from people I know that run IT consulting businesses. So now, like, channel is almost a, a marketing channel. So it's the channel channel, which is like kind of strange, <laughs> but it, it is what it is. I'm glad you've cleared that up because you know it's always been a, a I guess, a bugbear of mine because I'm just like, this is such a strange name for what this is, which, you know, I, I kind of see it as like we mentioned, it's, it's partnerships, tech partnerships where agencies, and I guess in this case, agencies are kind of replacing that managed IT provider. So before, before it was hardware, IT hardware with like IT consultants. Now it's like SaaS products where agencies can help implement that technology in their, in their um, clients' businesses. And this is, I think huge uh, for many agencies. Like a, a lot of people listening to this will probably be one or two services. You know, there'll be web design, maybe marketing. Uh, I have always been a huge fan of adding tech, and and you're probably going to have some opinions on this. But like I, for me, I value simplicity a lot. So I just used to enjoy charging people for setup fees and then taking the affiliate cut of their system forever. You know, because we still get affiliate fees from that from our agency days. Um, because then I didn't have to bill them and whatever. But I know there's so many systems here uh, where, you know, like agencies can actually take over the billing uh, and kind of value add. There's that VAR um, acronym. So what, I, I, let's start with why agency, why you think agencies sh should partner with tech other, like, other than just making more revenue? Yeah, so we're definitely going to link to an article on this if anyone wants the full gamut. And I just posted a link in uh, in the Zoom yeah. chat. Just, just hold on a sec. Um, for anyone listening, if you want to get this stuff, it's going to be at agencyhighway.com slash 134. I'll repeat this again at the end so you don't need to you know, write that down if you're driving or something. But uh, yeah, agencyhighway.com slash 134. And that's where we'll put up all the links. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll link to any resources there and you can check out partnerprograms.io uh, for more resources. But the question was, why should an agency, and uh, let's just clarify for those listening what an agency is, depending on who you are. Uh, we classify agencies as third-party service providers uh, in between the end user of the technology and the technology themselves, right? So your typical agencies that we work with are your HubSpot partners, your Shopify partners, these larger ecosystems of uh, agencies that have been building services on top of tech, right? So that's sort of the um, the ideal partner persona. Yeah, I'm also drinking um, coffee out of an Active Campaign partner mug. Not that active I'm campaign. very happy with Active Campaign right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. They're local here uh, to Chicago. Uh, right. Great, great team, great company, and congrats to them on their very large recent round. But, um, mm. but yeah. So, uh, why should your agency partner with tech? Uh, one thing about that question: the word partner. 
can come in many shapes and sizes. You can be just a referral partner, like James mentioned, where you sign up to their affiliate, or whatever they call it, partner program. And uh, you have to jump through a couple of small hoops, maybe sign some NDAs, some contracts and be approved. And then you have a link and you share that link in your blog post or you share it with your clients. I particularly you know, stress when you're going down an affiliate relationship, you definitely have to be built to be that type of affiliate engine. You have to either have a lot of traffic, you got to talk to a lot of people, like have a podcast. Um, it doesn't make sense for a lot of people, especially because most affiliate commissions are going to be really tiny. 10% of an active campaign license is nothing. So not going to be worth your time. The term that we, or the definition that we like to talk about when we're talking about partnering we're talking about truly partnering, almost like a joint venture with this technology. So that includes getting really close to their sales team, getting really close to their product team, getting really close, of course, to their partner team, getting really close to the product itself, maybe building services on top of that product. That's what happens most of the time with a true partnership. And when you build those services on top of a product, you have to have a few things as an agency. So why would you do it? Well, you get increased exposure first and foremost. When you are a partner of these top tech tools, they love dipping into their new partner database to do things like create webinars, create events, create case studies, uh, bring you into the blog for expert tips, obviously link you in their partner directory, give you a backlink there and a profile. So thought leadership, increased exposure is number one. And I uh, just expand on that, just like as a real life example, because the Zapier um, experts program is quite new, right? And uh, I was, did I, I think I applied to it. No, I did. I applied because I was doing my Zapier course and everything kind of wanted to, add, wanted to add some credibility. And I can't tell you how much, like we got tons of leads from that because it was brand new. I know later on, it might not be that easy, but we had lots of people come through finding us. Uh, every time Zapier get asked a question that's outside their support wheelhouse, they refer it to their experts. So we did, we end up with leads from that. Um, I have been asked to contribute to blogs. I've done a guest blog, uh, all, basically everything you just spoke about. You know, I actually got asked recently um, by them to create a video for one of their partners and they paid me a pretty decent sum to do it. Um, because they didn't have the internal capacity to create videos. I, I can't say, I don't think, just in case I can't say who it is yet, because um, there's another really big company that just wanted to make videos with Zapier. And now there's me on camera talking about my business uh, in a video that's going to be pushed towards a lot of people. Uh, so I don't know, like, I guess I just really wanted to inject and say, like, that's a real life example that's happened to me like this year. Um, from being part of a partner program that I'm actually not even that involved with. Like, I, <laughs> like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a perfect example. And shout out to Cody Jones and the team at Zapier for getting that launched. Uh, I know it took them a while, but they got mm. it launched and it's already paying dividends uh, for people we know. So, uh, so yeah, so number one, uh, you have to have exposure. You have to have thought leadership to be an agency. People have to think that you're really good at what you're doing. The fastest way, and I think the most um, efficient way of doing that is to sign up for the partner program, get really close to the product team and the sales team, know more about that product than the end user. Uh, that's part of it too. 
um, and then just make sure that you are active with them. If they have something coming out, ask them how you can get involved. Remind them that you're willing to do a case study. Really be that active type partner for them so that they remember you. It's a people business at the end of the day. If you're not top of mind, you won't get uh, the second thing, which I think is less active or less um, you know, prevalent with many partner programs. It doesn't happen a lot with most partners. Some partners get a lot of these, which are leads. Some don't. Um, it depends on what you're doing and how active you are. But number two is leads. You need leads. You need business. You need referrals. Now, the way you get referrals from partners is that number one, you get into their blog, you get into their events, and then leads come to you like the way James mentioned, where you're listed as an expert and people find you. Great. Awesome. You're on that blog post that talks about automation tips from the experts and someone from uh, their uh, traffic found you and clicked through and, and signed up for your demo or whatever, or your um, your book a call thing. So leads, but leads can also happen directly from the people inside of these companies. So the salespeople have to close business, the salespeople at Active Campaign, Zapier, et cetera. The customer success people have to make sure their clients, uh, their users are happy. Now, if you are an awesome partner of theirs and you are building services on top of Zapier, Active Campaign, HubSpot, Shopify, whatever, the sales team needs to know that. So hopefully you're lobbying the sales team, letting them know who you are. And the CS team, same thing. But what those two teams have to do is make that user happy. If the user says, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to create this workflow automation that I see this other company doing. The CS team is not going to sit there and build it for them. No, they refer to their experts and they say, James is an expert. Here's his contact information. Please reach out to James. He's doing this, I know, day to day, right? And they know that because you sent them an email updating them on your services the week before or whatever. So leads, number two. Number three, Increase support. This is very important. And it's not what brings most agencies to partner programs, but I honestly think it's what keeps most agencies in partner programs is the ability to tell your clients, like you did with Zapier, come to me. I will be able to support you because I'm a partner of Zapier's. I have a direct line to their customer support. I also am an expert. So Nine times out of 10, I'll be able to solve your problem for you. Uh, and if I can't solve it, I have someone on my partner team, as well as someone on customer success that knows I'm a partner and they will help me out before you'll get help. That's the long and short of it. Uh, so the SaaS really rely on their partner network to supply that extra level of support for the end users. But conversely, they give partners more support than they give their end users. It's part of their incentive structure in their program. So increase support. Uh, another one I like to mention, and there's probably 50, but I'll just mention four. The fourth one I'll mention is being the first to know about product releases, about integrations coming, about future uh, features that are being deprecated or just features that are being deprecated. Uh, as a partner, you have to be the first to know for your clients. If your clients find out something about a technology before you, probably not doing your job. So if you're running their active campaign or HubSpot or whatever, and all of a sudden a feature that they use to do something gets turned off and you didn't know about that and you don't know why and you have no answers for them, it's going to look very bad. They're going to look to another 
agency that is a partner because that partner got an email three months prior from Active Campaign saying, hey, we're going to deprecate this feature or we're going to add this new API integration or whatever. And they even, uh, this just happened with HubSpots with their uh, operations hub. They'll reach out to their partner ecosystem and they'll tell them months ahead of time, we're about to launch the operations hub. Who wants to build a lightweight app inside of that hub and be featured in our PR and announcements and rollouts? That is first to know. It does not happen with end users. It doesn't happen unless you're in your in their partner program. So I'll just repeat those. Increased exposure and thought leadership, increased support, leads and referrals, and being the first to know product features, et cetera. Yeah, I can I can definitely vouch for the support because that like with Zapier, it's like a third of the time of the turnaround, you know, like when, when I ask then when I wasn't a partner. So like, uh, and I, I have clients where I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll like, I'll send the support request. Don't worry about it. Cause I know I'll get a turn. I'll get an answer in about a third of the time they will. Um, and uh, what was, what was the fourth one again? <laughs> I can joke my yeah. Name. So uh, I think I reordered them, but it's um, increased support uh, leads Increase exposure and being the first to know product. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the first to know. Like, well, that's really good. So and I feel like that varies. Like um partners often you like that they you have like with active campaign, we'll jump there was like partner webinars every month or whatever, and you can jump on and hear about like what's gonna happen this next quarter, about uh, you know, what features they're gonna release, what they're working on. So that's totally yeah, it's been my experience. The, the only time it hasn't happened to me is when I was halfway through recording my Zapier course and Zapier changed their entire UI without telling anyone. That was uh-huh. not fun. I had to re-record everything. But um, their partner program was in early days then. So maybe the I think they're, they're more on top of it now. Um, I'd love as it. you've been saying this, I've had a question uh, sort of brewing. It's like there seems to be a fair bit of work in being like a top tier partner for one particular product, you know? So if it's going to be HubSpot, um, you know, especially HubSpot, because it's going to be super competitive to stand out as a HubSpot partner, you're going to have to be pretty damn active, right? Like, do you recommend people just pick one product to be like a partner with and first, or like, how do you, how do you decide how many partnerships to join, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get into the how and the strategy. I like this. Um, So the what and the why, you know, you guys can research that. Hopefully what I said helped, Uh, but the how is the important thing. Um, So how many you asked is, is a good starting point for this because agencies will come to me and they'll say, Alex, you know, we use these three tools pretty exclusively. We're probably not going to change. Yes, of course, partner with them. That's a no brainer. Uh, then agencies will come to me and say, you know what, uh, Intercom reached out to me about partnering, but we already partnered with Drift. Uh, what should we do? You know, uh, my answer to that is you do not need to be exclusive with any tool. You are not doing your customers any favor if you're exclusive to any tool. Um, the caveat to that are tools that require a heavy bandwidth to learn like HubSpot or Salesforce. I do have agencies that are both HubSpot and Salesforce experts uh, and solutions partners, but it takes a lot to do that. You got to train a lot. You got to develop. You got to train your team on both sides. That one's really tough. So for CRM, 
for some of the marketing automation stuff, the suggestion is to focus on one. And then maybe for your mid-market clients or your SMB clients, you have another that you're just a referral partner of, but you're not implementation partner. But for the most part, my suggestion is to partner with any solutions that you and your clients are using. doesn't matter if it's once a month or every day. If a client is on that tool, spend an hour researching it, making sure the product is good, reach out to the partner manager, let them know your client's using it. They want you to know about it. Uh, Ask them what they have to do, what you have to do to get into the partner program. What are the benefits? Get on a call with them, invite them to do a lunch and learn for your team. Because the other side of that is you and your team have to be up to speed on what products are out there. It is very, uh, I'd say it's very, I don't want to say idiotic, but it's you know, it's it's just lazy almost to just say no. We are a yeah, what is Sharp Spring is still around for some reason. Sharp Spring partner, and we don't care about Active Campaign or HubSpot, and we don't want to take the time to even learn about these new tools that are popping up because you know we dedicate ourselves to Sharp Spring, and it's going to be great. You know, and like, well, what happens if Sharp Spring sells or deprecates or just gets rid of it? What are you going to do? You have to be up to speed on the next best thing. So invite those teams to do a lunch and learn. They'll typically buy you lunch. Uh, They'll pay around 20 bucks in Uber Eats or some gift card type thing for your team. And they'll present their solution, but they'll also present the partner program. What does it mean to be partners with them? I suggest letting anybody and everybody that is in use for one of your clients at least, uh, or an internal tool that you guys use, vet them for product, invite them to uh, present. And if it's a fit, partner with them. And a fit is you guys are both going after the same ideal customer profile. Now, the there are solutions that require you to deliver a minimum number of referrals. So the top, top tools out there with the biggest customer bases, they will not just let anybody on the partner program. They will require you to be active, meaning submit leads, submit referrals, have clients on their tool. Those are the ones where you just have to be a little more conscious about, do I have enough client activity to support this partnership? But most of the programs out there do not have those requirements. So learn from everyone, get as much knowledge as you can, choose how many partnerships you can go to market with every quarter. This is the next part of the strategy. So every quarter you have a team of, let's say five to 10 people. Every quarter, you're going to go to market with three technology partners. What does that mean, going to market with them? That means that you are going to do something together to advertise that you are now partners. You're going to take the time to learn their solution. You are going to train your team on the solution as well, or they're going to train your your team on the solution. You're going to try to find one client that it's perfect for to build out a service around, and you're going to advertise your partnership to your blog and your newsletter because you're going to ask them to do the same thing to their newsletter, put you in their directory, put you in a blog post that's coming out. Try to do that with three technology partners per quarter at teams of five to 10. Now, if you have more than than 10 employees, if you are 10 to 20, 10 to 50, that number can go way up. I have a 70-person agency that goes to market with probably 10 to 20 new technology partners every quarter. And that means that 
they will have 10 every quarter, but about five will not make it more than six months. So they, yes, they add incremental partners, but five to 10 a quarter don't make it and they end up fizzling out. Product's not right. It becomes a chaotic mess, whatever happens. Yeah. Uh, so you want to add those and adding those means you get featured five to 10 times a quarter. You get five to 10 new great backlinks from you know mm. companies that we partner with like Sales Loft and Vidyard and Tapcard and Recard. We partner with all these people. They're our clients. They will provide you a backlink from their blog. That's huge. Most agencies will pay for that. So the short answer is partner with as many people as you can logically and safely partner with each, uh, each quarter and have a go-to-market agenda that you execute with each of those partners that is reciprocal. We're going to do this. You guys have to do that as well. Have that agenda in place and then roll out three to five, uh, somewhere in there, new partnerships a quarter. I've noticed there's a few uh, programs that kind of do have that in place already. Like they'll, you know, chuck you in the directory and do a blog post or whatever. Um, and they kind of ask you to do the same. I've noticed, I've actually noticed that as part of some partner programs. Um, something you said there was, I like, because one of my questions was going to be like, how do you know which partner programs are good ones? And this process is kind of going to do that for you. Like it's like this tested iterative testing process where you're getting, three or four, like you obviously can vet them on the front end and try and understand like which products are good and uh, try and get an understanding of what a partner program's like on, you know, just by doing your own research, but you're never really going to know until you're in there. And that's probably why, you know, if you take on three or four each quarter, a couple fizzle out because they've got a bad partner program, you end up with a couple of good ones. That's kind of how you know uh, you by being in there. So I don't know, is there anything else you would say there? Because my question was going to be, how do you know which partner programs are worth joining? But I like this iterative process. Do you manage WordPress sites for your clients? If so, you should probably check out WP Remote. It's a central platform to manage all of your sites in one place. That includes security, malware, uptime monitoring, and it's even got a built-in staging system. But my favorite feature is the visual regression system that will give you an alert if something breaks on an update so you can get in there and fix it. It was created by the same people behind BlogVault and Melcare. Now, BlogVault is one of the best backup plugins I've used, and it's also trusted by some of the biggest WP maintenance agencies out there like GoWP, WP Buffs, WP Valet. So if these guys rely on it, you know it's rock solid. You can try WP Remote for free and get 10% off any of the paid offerings by going to wpremote.com slash highway. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I think you have to kind of have the process in place, of course, like anything. Um, that's why we built Partner Hub because agencies honestly have trouble with the process. Like, what do we do with partners? Um, so we built Partner Hub to be a pre-curated landscape of here's all the partners that are addressing your same customer base, are selling to your same customer base. Here's the track that you execute with all of those partners go nuts, you know, yeah. grab and go. Uh, communication happens, document exchange, all of it's done for you. But either way, what you can do as, a, as an agency, if you have HubSpot, create a pipeline for partnerships, add a backlog, get that backlog through some sort of a linear process of we vet, 
they do a lunch and learn. We get them into this t- stuff and, and we have it going, right, to, to have that sort of system in place. When that system's working, uh, I have agencies that are only 20 people that have a head of partnerships because once you have partners, there's so much you can do. But if you don't have the bandwidth, you won't get that done, mm. right? So you can create a very large event, co-market. I have a partner that uh, is a Shopify Plus partner. He had the bandwidth to create a course. He reached out to his partner manager, letting him know he was going to create this course. Now Shopify is paying him to do that, right? Now he had the bandwidth to do it and he was proactive about reaching out. But if you don't do that kind of stuff with your partners, you're not going to get the true benefit of partners, which is not commission. Notice I have not mentioned commission as the the end goal or the benefit of any of this. It's it's something that's nice to have in one of my agencies that I have on my podcast, uh, Impulse Creative Remington, who's been a HubSpot elite partner, I think, for years. It's He said this, he said, uh, commission I expect to pay for the hours that one of my team members takes to keep the lights on with that partner. And that's it. He writes it off as just, it helps pay their time to deal with the partnership. That's all. What he really does in the partnership activity is uh, is everything else is services and support and and everything else that's a yeah solid way to look at it and i guess that kind of uh digs straight into like how to get the most like we were talking about putting a lot of effort into these partnerships like what can people do to get the most out of you know like to get the referrals because you know i know like we spoke about there's varying levels of effort required for these programs like what what are people what should people do when they're like the partnership manager what are they doing like what are they just like you said reaching out to them are they are they asking to go on the blog again like what are they doing to to keep these relationships going to get whether that's more leads or whatever yeah so this is what's great i'm going to link to or you're going to link to uh <laughs> 10 ways to increase roi from your tech partnerships hmm. Um, I'll list them out here right now. So you have them in the uh, podcast, but definitely head to there because it has details. Um, uh, So number one, you want to begin all of your partnerships with a memorandum is what we call it, where you list out why you align uh, with your tech partners, your personas, your markets you go into, uh, where you're going to promote them so that they can add where they're going to promote you, reciprocity immediately. What's the end goal of the relationship? right? So you have a goal as an agency, you want to go up market, or you want to go into a new vertical, or you want to sell five logos this year, something like that. Well, you tell your partner team that immediately. This is like week one. If you want to partner with me as an agency, sign this memorandum. You literally have a signature at the bottom that they know exactly what's going to happen. They've delivered on each one of those things, or at least are planning to. And uh, we have a template for you in that article. So click on the link below number one, and there's a template. So get the memorandum executed with each new partner. That'll ensure you both are on the same page. Number two, start with a co-marketing endeavor, right? You do not need to be an active referral partner to be included in co-marketing. This is silly for partner teams to require you to be an active partner, to include you in the blog. It's silly for you to even uh, think about um, selling the tool without them showing you some reciprocity up front. So I think it's just one of those things where you have to be a little proactive about this, but let them know what you're a thought leader in, 
like James, you're awesome at automations. You have Zapier as a partner. You created some content with Zapier. If I were Zapier and I were coming to you today and you didn't know me and I wanted you to partner with me, you would look at my product. Yes, you do your vetting. But what you would say to me is something along the lines of, sure, you know, I'll check out the tool. I'll bring it up in the next team meeting. But what are we going to do in the meantime? You reached out to me. What are you going to do for me now? And if I were a good partner manager at Zapier, I would say something like, well, I saw your article on automating active campaign with these non-integrated tools. I'd love to show that off to my newsletter or put a, a template together with you, put a case study together. Let's do that. So now you have two things going on. You have you're vetting the partnership, meaning you're vetting the product, you're vetting alignment. But on top of that, you are doing something together. You're doing a co-marketing endeavor. So reciprocity from day one using co-marketing. Types are courses, events, webinars, guest posts, expert interviews, podcasts. Great. Now, that was number two. Number three, prior to any large co-marketing campaign, you want to map accounts. Mapping accounts is where you use a third party like sharework.co to upload or sync your CRM, which shows anyone that is uploading and syncing their CRM on your partnership side where there's overlap. It doesn't show them the actual contact data. It shows them, hey, we're both targeting these key accounts. Okay, well, if we're both targeting these key accounts, that means that we're of value to each other. We can help each other. So I recommend mapping accounts very early on in the partnership to get that level of overview of like where we're valuable to each other, but then set action items and priorities around key accounts to say you're, you've got that business in your closed one, meaning you have it as a user or client, they're in my prospecting list. Well, can I get a warm introduction? If not, either way, the co-marketing endeavor that you're doing is going to go to both sides of that Venn diagram of accounts which means they're going to be pulling people into uh, the middle of the Venn diagram, which is your shared accounts. Just the day you said, this, this is interesting. So but how do you do that without exposing contact data? Oh, the, you- the tool does that for you. So the tool allows you to set what you want to show your partner. So you can show them just the company Which name. tool, sorry? Uh, sharework.co is the one that we use. I'll give you. Yeah. A okay, cool. Hey, um, yeah. with the, with the other, like, I know this, this article's got 10 ways. Uh, I think, um, rather than, uh, go through them all because, um, you know, I'm sure people are able to go and read the post and we want to little, leave a little bit of a, of a teaser for them to go and see yeah. how to get the most out of it. Um, which the link again will be up at, um, agencyhighway.com slash 134. So do, is there just a couple of like the highest impact ones we could just talk about quickly? Just maybe two more? Yeah, let me just breeze through here. Uh, and by the way, it's Reveal. I forgot they literally rebranded from ShareWork to Reveal like two days ago. So <laughs> Reveal, um, but there's a link. Uh, okay, so, uh, okay, this is a good one. Uh, so for those of you using Sales Navigator, the hack that I recommend or just the process I recommend is set alerts for when your tech partners that you're close with, like your active campaign, your Zapier, set an alert when any new BD type roles uh, get hired or get placed, right? So when a new BD like sales or account management SDRs join Zapier, 
set an alert to remind you or alert you when that happens so that you can then enter their inbox, LinkedIn to start, but maybe email as well saying, hey, I'm James. I'm a top Zapier expert. Here's a couple of things I've done with Zapier. Here are the services that I provide my clients. If you get into any trouble with your prospects or you just want to kind of maybe see what's going on in my pipeline, let's talk. Here's my uh, here's my calendar and here's my partner memorandum that I filled out and did with Zapier that shows you everything. I oh, uh, do good. that. Yeah, do that with customer success as well. Sales and customer success. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I highly recommend this is kind of like a more strategic thing that is a little bit about partnerships that highly impacts the value of partnerships, but productizing services. So agencies that do productize services, the ones that I see moving to this world of like, instead of everything, just custom in a form that you fill out and we go into the RFP process or whatever, you have projects that you sell a thousand dollars to build a landing page plus chat funnel on your site. Uh, $500 to do an, um, a cold email sequence writing, whatever. Uh, productize the services that you are doing rinse and repeat. That's the first step. That's not the end of it. Uh, you'll still have customer projects. Everybody does, but put on your website services that have a price tag and deliverables and sell those. Now, when you come up with the landing page that has the service and the price tag or a few of them, reach out to your tech partners and say, hey, guess what? We're selling a cookie cutter service that is a landing page build with a chat implementation. Go to Unbounce, go to Landingy and say, who wants it? We can use either of you. If you want us to be building this service on top of Unbounce, tell us what you're going to offer us. Landingy, if you want it, tell us what you're going to offer it. Offer us. Both the tools are comparable and you're going to go with whoever offers you the best partnership. Then Landingy knows everybody that comes through that productized service is going to get a Landingy account. You're going to implement it and they're going to start sending business your way because it's good for Landingy to instead of say, hey, here's help desk articles, go build your own landing pages. They say, here's James, here's a thousand dollar service. He'll build it for you. Go nuts. And they introduce their prospects and their users to those agencies that have a productized service with that solution included in every one. Highly recommend. I can yeah, link to an that's a That's a, such a good idea. Like, I, I think it's a step that a lot of agencies wouldn't even consider taking. They just go, okay, we're going to build this landing page productized service. Um, we're going to build it on XYZ. Like here it is. I don't think many would take the step to go, okay, what product are we going to build it on? Let's approach a couple and more than a couple and, and see what they can offer us in exchange. Like I, that's pretty cool. Um, I like that. I guess, um, mileage may vary depending on the, on the company, but man, maybe you can get some little bonuses out of it or something. That's really cool. I like it. Yeah. You get your referral commission, of course, but what you really want is you want their sales team and their CS team sending their clients, their users to your landing pages that talk about services that you sell on top of your solution. That's a true partnership that becomes something of a very 
lucrative lead generation funnel for you. And there's ways to do it like the LinkedIn hack. Make sure you're in their ear, get the partner memorandum signed and um, and get them a link to, hey, have you got anybody on the phone that says, hey, I don't know how to do this. Send them here. It's a it's a thousand bucks and I'll build the whole thing for them. It's good. And and the LinkedIn thing was awesome too. Like I, especially like someone's brand new just starting out, you offer help to them as well as be top of mind you know, when, if they're going to send people somewhere to, to get help on that product, you're going to be the, like probably the only one in their mind at that point, because no one else, they haven't really delve like the dove into the system yet. So that's really cool. I mean, all of this really comes down to the same thing, which is being top of mind with the customer service team and, and their salespeople within each product. So that when the time comes for them to refer to someone, you're top, you're there. Uh, so that's, that's obviously the goal here. And these are some really cool ideas on how you can do that. Alex, um, I'd like to start wrapping this up. Is there anything you think we need to go into before we do that? No, man, I, I love to give actionable steps. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. The article has the other six that I highly mm-hmm. recommend. But as long as we got the listeners some go here, do this actionable stuff, I think everybody's happy. Yeah. And you don't want to overwhelm either, right? Like if uh, 10 different things to do sounds like a lot, whereas like, I, you know, there's a couple there where I'm like, and like people can take that and run and, and that's like a good strategy by itself. So uh, again, agencyhighway.com slash 134. We'll search for Alex Glenn on the website and you'll be able to get uh, all the links that we've been talking about um, as well as, uh, you know, find out if you want to connect with Alex. Um, There is a couple of different businesses that you are involved with, Alex. Let's just wrap up by talking about those, like Partner Programs and Partner Hub. Yeah, so uh, I did mention briefly what's going on here, but we have a beta uh, that you can jump into for Partner Hub. It's just partnerhub.app. And then there's links to join the beta. Uh, that is a free solution. Uh, I'm not here selling anything uh, to agencies. We honestly don't have anything to sell to agencies. Everything we do for agencies is free. You can join community.partnerprograms.io. That's where you can take workshops for free. You can get into service courses, which is how to set up, sell, and support new services on tools like active campaigns in there. And uh, there's about 30 others. So if you're just kind of running into walls and not knowing what you should be doing on top of solutions, don't worry. Community.partnerprograms.io has that content for you. If you do have active partnerships or you want to make partnerships a growth strategy, just like content, just like word of mouth, just like SEO, just like PPC, partnerships can be a more lucrative strategy than any of those and more return on time positive than any of those, uh, cost effective and return on time. Partnerships uh, then join partnerhub.app as a beta uh, user and we'll get you onboarded. And then the flagship app out of beta is looking like July 5th of this year. So pretty close. Yeah, not too far away. This will be out before then. But yeah, so guys, uh, join the beta. I like calling it partnerships a lot more than channel. So uh, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's roll with that. Alex, thanks again for sharing all these tips. Um, I think there's been a lot, like you said, a fair few actionable things there that people can implement. So yeah, thank you so much for joining the show. 
Of course, man. Thanks for having me. And always great to connect with like-minded people like yourself. Uh, please reach out to me in either the community or uh, anywhere else you see my contact information. Um, James may even put it on this page. Uh, it's up to you, James, but 100%. links are there. Hopefully this was helpful and um, very excited for the future of partnerships, not channel. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, again, I know I've said this a hundred thousand times this episode, but agencyhighway.com slash one, three, four, there has been a, a lot of extra resources. I'm, I'm just looking at the the amount of things I have to put in the show notes this week. And uh, there's a lot. So yeah, I think, um, should be some stuff for you to go and check out again. Um, yeah. Thanks again. If you, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. Helps us get the word out to some more agencies and, and help them out. That's it. I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.